Welcome to the Magic Hour here uh, at the Forum Club on uh, at the Athletic. Um, obviously, uh, as we speak to you on Sunday evening, just a, a tragic day across the NBA. Certainly, a tragic day across Los Angeles with the news that Kobe Bryant, along with his daughter Gianna and seven other people, killed on Sunday in a helicopter crash in Calabasas, California. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. Um, it it's this is one of the strange obviously beyond the sadness andy it's just it's it's such a strange day because no one i can't think of anyone that i've been around you know professionally whose presence was larger than kobe bryant's who just seemed to be such a giant figure and to see that 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 person is gone in such a sudden way it's a it's a very surreal thing that you know however many hours later i am not yet able to completely wrap my head around yeah this is very difficult to digest and to to comprehend and to accept and 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 i don't i don't mean accept it like i i don't believe it happened as much as like accepting the idea that some that a person who has been such a big part of, like you said, Brian, this city and this sport and the team that you and I have, you know, covered now for a decade plus, you know, his presence was always a part of this. Whether he was playing for the team at his peak, whether he was recovering from a devastating Achilles injury, or whether Kobe was retired and you were trying to figure out how do you possibly move forward towards the next chapter of the Lakers after the 20 years that was Kobe Bryant and everything that he meant to the the organization and to sports in the city. It, it's very, very difficult just to try to figure out everything to say and, every, and everything to think about. Again, uh, beyond just like, as you said, the, just the utter sadness of it all. Yeah, so we'll... we'll... We'll cover, you know, as, as much as we as we can uh, at this point. I mean, the 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 tributes and you know the comments from you know inside basketball, outside basketball. We're we're actually here um, outside Staples Center uh, at the uh, ESPN LA studios where we where we do on air work, and outside in the plaza at LA Live. Um, if you're unfamiliar with it, you know there's this big sort of shopping and eating plaza outside Staples Center and. It is filled with with um, Lakers fans and uh, people, you know, coming to to pay tribute to Kobe at the same time as the Grammys are going on, which is it was this intersection of L.A. and in, in in so many different ways, and they've paid tribute to Kobe at the Grammys. You know, they've covered up every everything up on the rafters at the Staples Center except Kobe's retired jerseys. I mean, so this is this is a story that reaches. Um, it's really amazing. I, mean, I, I tweeted out a photo at Cam Brothers that that if fans want to see of just the sea of people there, obviously paying tribute to Kobe. There are different chants of "Let's go Kobe" or MVP. MVP. But the way that you know the Grammys, which is a massive event in and of itself, feels like a complete afterthought. You know, you you would think on paper that all these people would be there because they'd want to watch all these different musicians. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and stars, stars heading inside the, car, the trying building. to get a glimpse of someone, whatever it might be. The Grammys themselves are a complete afterthought, and I'm including, by the way, 
for the people attending, for the people being Seems honored like at the Grammys. Many of them, at least. It, it's again speaks to just the 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 connection that Kobe had in the city, and and just how many different people he meant something to. And what what strikes me about this, and you know, there there are a few things, and we'll try to sort this out as much as we can. Um, Kobe was obviously. I mean, it's 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 very difficult, I think, to fully explain <clears throat> the way he shaped sports in this city, because we're talking about somebody who was here for the totality of his career, starting at you know seventeen years old, signing a contract, and you know until he he, he dies today at age forty one, and you know he played until he was thirty seven, and the 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 iconic moments that come along with it, but be. It's not just that he was a guy who played here. He was a guy who played here in such a specific way and with such a specific ethos and mentality. And I know, you know, some of it's a lot of it is mythology building and there were ups and downs and some of it was positive and some of it was rocky and some of it went bad, you know, I'm not tr- but when you put it all together, he completely changed and shapes today the way that la sports fans not just look at the lakers but they they look at all athletes here and how you're supposed to be and uh, you know what you what your attitude is supposed to be about playing through injury or preparing yourself to the maximum possible you know pushing your body to the absolute limits whatever it might be and you know we were talking about this earlier andy i like the generational thing here is is part of that too. Is you were let's say you were 19, 20 years old, Kobe makes his debut, you're a big Laker fan. You're still following that guy. Like he's your guy, like you you're into it his whole career. You have a kid seven or eight years later, 27, 28 years old, as as people will do. Your kid would have been old enough to grow up and appreciate and have Kobe Bryant been his favorite player. Like that's how long a 20-year career in one place is and it's so unheard of that you know that's why this city and you know obviously the basketball world and all that but that's why it's 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 come to this standstill well there's also too i mean the the idea that you play 20 years for an entire career but specifically in one place with with that audience so invested in you with this with 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 this franchise with, with this franchise an iconic franchise you know, forget the most popular in the NBA. It's one of the most popular globally. But the way Kobe's career played out, you watched him, it's a cliche, but literally grow up before your eyes. And you watched the changes in Kobe's life. And you watched the triumphs and you watched the mistakes. You watched the high points. You watched the low points. You watched him have to reinvent himself in certain ways. You know, Multiple Kobe, times. Yeah, Kobe was this really unique combination of exceptionally popular and exceptionally polarizing but the totality of all that together brian creates something that's really human and for somebody that was bigger than life and you know myth-like and we've the fervency of kobe's fans you know you and i've talked about before is unlike something i've ever seen in sports just the the devotion and you know the way fans are literally always looking to fight for Kobe on Kobe's behalf. You know, I've described it in many ways that his fans see him as half basketball god, half political prisoner. 
But ultimately, I think what makes this so connective to the fans is there's a human part of that. When you when you see everything, like I I don't know if you remember, but years ago, Brian, when um Adam Yauk from the Beastie Boys uh, passed away, that sparked a lot of of sadness um, and melancholy, you know, across fans, across music in ways that felt really emotional and sensitive. And one of the things about it that struck me that I think you could relate to Kobe is you watched Adam Yauk go from the brash days of the Beastie Boys to the experimental periods of his career to the really thoughtful parts and then him becoming an activist. And, you know, this guy who was searching for things in his older in his older life i mean he unfortunately died very young you see all these different parts of somebody and for a lot of people they you're watching him go through it as you're going through it because people themselves evolve so you as a fan watch kobe evolve as a person as you are evolving as a person i just think there's there's something very unique about that and very profound about it i and you know i we're trying to even just sort through like what, what to say, what to talk about, what to who, because there's you know there's sound everywhere, there's comments from everyone, and 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 all of these things, and you know, it. What fascinate what fascinates me about Kobe more than anything, and, and we you know we we certainly covered a, a good portion of his career. We covered the last ten years. It's. What separated Kobe from so much, and what I found fascinating about Kobe, was much more the end of his career than the beginning of it. Because I, I just that that transition that all athletes go through from guy who is a superhuman, you know, superhero, superhuman can do whatever they want to. Somebody's going to have to figure out what they're going to do with the rest of their life. Have to decide when the end is coming, how much control you get over those things, and you look at the things that happened with Kobe over the latter half of his career, and you know whether it's you know, game seven. And we saw a lot of stuff. We saw him outscore the Mavs, you know, was 64, 63, 62. Like, he outscored Dallas for three, three quarters and had the opportunity to stay in the game. I was like, no, I don't need to because I'll, I don't, I'll, trust me, I'll be back. And what was it, like two weeks later or something like that? He, it was 81. Yeah, which we were, all which we were also at. And we saw game seven of the, of, of the Boston series where Kobe, you talk about sort of the humanity of Kobe Bryant. And the you know allowing people to see aspects of him that they didn't see at the beginning of his career. When he gets to the podium in Game Seven after playing a very raggedy game, that was he sort of found ways to. But that was not a like a classic Kobe game, and he talked about it, like, I just I wanted it so bad and I needed it so bad that I it it screwed with me, it messed me up, and he had to figure out a way to kind of pull himself back into. That kind of humanity, the 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 truly indelible moment for me for Kobe when I think of Kobe were the free throws that he hit uh, after tearing the Achilles, and what goes into that when you are somebody like him who you know in this moment. First of all, just practical standpoint, you need to make the free throws to to get your team into the playoffs, whatever. But now you can't even play in those playoffs, Andy, and you know it, and your career which you've put so much into, may be over. Nobody knew if he was going to be able to come back from that injury. And For all intents he, and purposes, he did. Right. And he, right, but at least he, at least yeah, he, he set he foot on the court He stepped foot on the court again. again, and he had the finale for the ages. Oh, my God. But, which is something else we can But he was never the same again. He was never the same at that point. But you know, the, 
But in that moment, it is 100% reasonable for him to think for, because we all thought it, that this is it. Like this guy who did so much is not going to be able to even kind of define the, the final years of his career in any meaningful way. And if we're thinking that, Lord knows he He is knew too. immediately what happened. Yes. Remember, yes. he asked Harrison Barnes, did you kick did me? Did you kick me? He knew, he knew immediately what went wrong. And he knows what an Achilles yes. injury means. And because he was one of the guys first guys like, you know, who came back. But the track record for Achilles is very bad. Still is. To, to understand all of those things and still insist on taking the free throws and then to make those free throws remains the most amazing thing that I've seen in person in any sporting event that we've been able to do over the last, you know, however, 15 and whatever years that we've been working in sports. And, you know, the theater wasn't the same as, as that final game, which was amazing and so perfect for him. And it wasn't 81 and it wasn't game seven in terms of the significance, but just as a, as a distillation of what he was as a competitor, I've never seen anything beyond. Yeah. I've, Say, I, I agree with you. It's the most impressive uh, singular achievement in his career, Brian. I, I've written or said on many occasions that I'm not convinced any other athlete in NBA history could have done that. I mean, just everything that was required there, the focus mentally, physically, emotionally is so off the charts difficult. And to be able to come through in that moment, like you said, speaks to his competitiveness. Like I've, I've been thinking a lot about like, moments that summarized Kobe that that aren't just you know 81 five championships MVP sort of you know the obvious ones and I I was thinking about it was in 2008 and this might be my favorite exchange with Kobe it was right after Lamar it had been announced that Lamar Odom was going to be coming off the bench and Lamar was really unhappy about this and he made it very clear that he was really unhappy about it And afterwards, Kobe was asked about it, and Kobe was saying that he thought this actually could be a really good, fun role for Lamar Odom. You know, you get to run your own unit, you get to change the pace of of games, you know, he's still going to be on the court at the end when when the games really matter. Like, this could be really great for him. And I asked Kobe, and I was very, very specific in my phrasing, and I said, could you ever picture yourself in that type of, of role? at the end of your career. And he looks at me and he goes, that's the dumbest question you've ever asked me and starts laughing. Right. And keep in mind, we've asked a lot of questions yeah. and many of them were significantly dumber right. than that. But one. you know, he, he started laughing and you know, and afterwards he, he gave me a little crap about it too after the, you know, scrum had ended. You know, good natured and then I, I thought right. both it's, of and it's not a dumb question. It's just cuz like yeah. you know, you know what the answer is. But what is. I, what to me what that encapsulated about Kobe isn't just, you know, he, he had to be a starter, you know, anything like that. It's Kobe played basketball in a very specific way for very specific reasons. And he was out there with a sense of purpose. And part of that purpose was I want to achieve at the highest level with this being built around me at the highest level of my abilities. And if I can't do that, I'm not interested. And that's ultimately why you and I you know, once he tore the Achilles, but I think just in general, when we, you and I had always predicted that once Kobe's career 
ended, you know, the moment where Kobe knew it was going to be over, whether because of something like health reasons like this or just at some point you're done, he would go on to find something different and never look back because he wasn't interested in being a six man or he wasn't interested in just being a part of the NBA for the sake of it. Like basketball was art for him. And it, and it was something that he approached like an artist, but also he wasn't there just for the sake of it. He just wasn't interested in being, he wasn't interested in not being the best. At right. It. And, and I respected I, that about him. I, I absolutely. Like, I mean, like um, it, it didn't come across like one of those guys who would refuse where he was in his career. It was, this is what I want to be doing. And if I can't do that anymore, I'm going to let it go. And I want to get to the, I want to get to that aspect of it because I think to me that's that that to me is the most significant thing uh, about Kobe is like the, these these parts of his career that, that that were so integral in shaping what he's been since and you alluded to you know the, the things that have come in his post playing career the things he really started to ramp up uh, in the final years of his career uh, but I, I do think it's worth you know a couple moments here of some of the reaction from just it, it gives you the idea of the impact that he had on players across the NBA. We've seen the the tributes on Sunday of you know multiple games where teams let the twenty four second clock expire uh, on both sides. You know the the honor obvious there, the symbolism obvious there. You know to get that twenty four second violation. Um, yeah, thank you. Um, you know players writing things on shoes and. Mark Cuban says that no Dallas Maverick will ever wear 24 again. DeMar DeRozan, who grew up in L.A. and played, also played against Kobe, caught part of that part of this group, but grew up here and grew up watching him, talked to the, the media after the Spurs played. And like you, I think what he says is indicative of the impact that Kobe had for a, a vast amount of players around the league. Tomorrow, you even had shoes designed off the influence of Kobe. What did he mean to you personally as a player growing up? Everything. Everything. I wouldn't... Everything I learned um, came from Kobe. Um, everything. Take Kobe away, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have love. I wouldn't have the passion to drive. Um, no, everything. So, I mean, I mean, I, I think just, I don't even think there's a lot to say about it, but like you just, the reach of what Kobe meant to to players that played against him, to players who didn't play against him, but just know him again from the, whether it's the mythology or, or just, you know, having him available, like the Lakers, you know, Kyle Kuzma, all these other people, like Kuz's career didn't overlap. No. But he, but he went to, I mean, Kyle Kuzma went to Kobe, sought out Kobe for a variety of things. Like he, he he impacted the game, and you know LeBron spoke at length the, um, on Saturday after he passed Kobe on the list. Um, obviously, before this this happened, um, but just about what Kobe meant to him as a player entering the league straight from high school, and certainly I think as an entrepreneur, he's well, it's about it's that as easy well. to forget now because obviously, if you have the opportunity to trade Vladi Divac for Kobe Bryant, the rights to draft him. You do that 100 times out of 100. It, that worked for the But Lakers. at the time, though, because I was living in L.A. when that happened, I remember my reaction being like, wait, the Lakers just did what? Because guys coming straight out of high school still wasn't very common 
For guards, it was unheard of. And the idea that you would trade Vladi Divac, who was a very talented center, and obviously they were on their way to getting Shaq you know, at the same time, but just even if they were getting in Shaq, Vladi's still an asset. He's a very, mm-hmm. very good player. The idea of, okay, we are already earmarking our foundation to be built around a 17-year-old guard straight out of high school, it, the, the ground being broken there for guys like LeBron James is much more easy now to take for granted. But back then, that was unheard of. Yeah. And, and just it's just also one more way where, and this is something you and I have talked about a lot, Brian, Beyond Kobe's career being just this, you know, this pillar of achievement in terms of just pure greatness, it was a really unique and interesting career. He's one of the most interesting athletes, if not the most interesting athlete you and I have ever been around. It's something we've talked about a lot. His career was genuinely interesting to cover. It, what, what made Kobe different beyond the work ethic, beyond the drive, there's an intellectual curiosity that is, that is that was specific to him that we 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 like to compartmentalize athletes as just athletes like you say oh wow for an athlete he's very well spoken or he's very smart and like but it's always captured the sort of condescending for an athlete as you know kobe had an intellectual curiosity that was unmatched by most human beings that i have met and it, in that he has modeled things i think that lebron has picked up that other Athletes who are thinking about what they become after their careers are over, that are entrepreneurs, that are uh, businessmen, and all these other things, you know, the, the he influences that a great deal, and it's that intellectual curiosity that got him into storytelling and writing books, and you know, and some of the things work, and some of the things do work. You and I like to make fun of, you know, the muse cage and the 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 little snaky thing, and all these, and and you know, there were moments in his career he tried that weird white photo white clothing photo shoot with the LA didn't work but he was always out there like I'm going to try I'm going to do this I'm going to try this this everything I'm going to put myself into it and I'm not going to half-ass my way through what you might think is a bad idea but in the process of doing that like Kobe becomes this person that like you said like people worried about you know, what's he going to do after his career? Is he going to need to be in basketball? The only reason he even was sort of in, kind of attached to basketball was his daughter, his oldest daughter, Gianna, who also died in this crash, was a basketball fanatic. And that brought him back in. But aside from that, he could have walked away from it almost clean because he he didn't need basketball to fulfill himself because he, you know, the same energy he he put into his career, he now poured into his family, he poured into his artistic ventures, he poured into these other things because it wasn't so much being great at basketball and the attention that came from basketball, it was being great, period. And well, and also the, the process of being great. Yes. And like the process of what goes into being great is something that mattered to Kobe a lot. You know, he would reach out regularly to people like Oprah Winfrey or, or Steve Jobs, or, you know, these people who were visionaries and great at specific things and find out what their process were and, and how their brains work, you know, what they looked for in terms of the things they created. You, you and I years ago did an interview with a documentary director and I, I his name, uh, I don't, it. good. Um, he directed this documentary called Euro Dreams of Sushi. And it's about 
this man who's considered the greatest sushi artist in Japan, just the greatest sushi chef that there is. He's considered a master of sushi. And Kobe saw this documentary. David Gelb is the name yes. of the uh, and Kobe, director. Kobe saw this documentary and was fascinated both by A, just the documentary itself, which he thought was very well done, and B, this sushi chef who was obsessed with sushi the way Kobe was with basketball. And he sought out the documentary director, uh, David Gelb. And he talked with you and I, Brian, about just how mind-blowing it was for him to you know pick up the phone and hey it's kobe bryant right because you know, it's like and he says like yeah bullshit right but once you start talking to kobe and kobe starts sharing why he reached out to you in the first place it completely makes sense sure and it as incredible as it was that kobe out of the gate you know wins an academy award for best animated short when you think about the fact that he sought out John Williams for the music and uh, Bill Keen, I believe his name is, for, for, for the animation. And, you know, that Kobe workshopped a lot of, of the writing. Like, I mean, th it's an incredible achievement out of the gate, but it also kind of makes sense. It almost feels predictable in certain ways because Kobe wouldn't do it unless, A, he was confident in being great at it, and B, without doing the homework required to be great at it. There's, um, and he genuinely cared. I mean, you, yeah, uh, you and I, years ago for ESPN, we did a photo-driven project um, with pictures taken by the great NBA photographer Andy Bernstein. Uh, you know his work if you've ever seen NBA pictures. And it was right before the Lakers were about to begin defending their 2009 championship. And we went to all these different Lakers on the team, because it was basically the same team, and had them look at pictures of themselves during the 2009 title run and comment on what was happening in the scene, what was going through their head, all that different stuff. And we went to Kobe, you know, with not just pictures of him during the run, but also pictures of him with all-time greats. There was a picture of him with Chick Hearn. And Kobe got really into this in terms of describing it to us. And I think it's in part because he and Andy Bernstein were very close and he saw this as much as doing a favor for Andy and he'd be down for that any day of the week. But also, it was storytelling. And storytelling is something Kobe always talked about having an interest in doing. And he was terrific with us. The details that he shared with us were just incredible. It's just a fantastic story. Like when Kobe, later in his career, when he really sort of became just sort of YOLO, he was such a made guy. He was drunk and uncle at Thanksgiving in a lot of yeah, ways. Yeah, he's just, he, he was, I, I don't need to pull punches. I don't need to, I can talk however I want. It was just, it was wasn't playing as much at that point but he was just god the, the moments where you had a chance to talk to the guy you didn't want to miss it because you could ask him any question as long as it was a, a reasonable well thought question he was going to give you a, a really honest answer and I, I mean i that part of his career i really appreciate um the of all the things though that that i think because you know you and i are both as we've discussed here we've discussed other like this part of kobe's life the end of his athletic career the transition into this other stuff it was is is most fascinating to me, and I, I want to play this from Jerry West, who spoke to uh, the legendary uh, LA broadcaster Jim Hill Sunday on uh, CBS Two in Los Angeles about Kobe, um, and what in part made this day so jarring and so tragic 
for me, um, of all the things that, that we've we've listened to over the course of the day, this is actually one of the of the most jarring and hardest things for me to hear. This is again Jerry West with uh, Jim Hill on CBS Two in Los Angeles. You know, to see the transformation of him from a seventeen-year-old kid who used to spend time at my house with me to my son Ryan driving him around because he couldn't drive, he couldn't even sign a contract because he was too young. Uh, to him the constant questions about the NBA, uh, wanting me to go to a gym with him to watch him work out and maybe make suggestions to him. It was more than, I really felt like a surrogate father to him. And then as his career blossomed and uh, you know he started to established this an enormous reputation as a player and, and also filled with accomplishments. But his charisma on top of it uh, was something that most great players don't have, and he had it. But uh, to wake up to this news, this has been one of the most horrible days of my life. Uh, I, felt like, I felt like I've lost a son, and... Um, Frankly, not doing very well. You know, and so Andy, when he when he talks about, you know, I feel like I lost a son today. It it drives home how wrong this this whole thing is, and obviously, you know, we're talking about a family that has lost um, a, a father, a a husband, a sibling. Uh, you know, he's got an infant daughter that's not going to know her father, not going to know her oldest sister. There are seven other people on this airplane and helicopter. You know, the, uh, I'm sorry, helicopter. Thank you. That that are all you know the the the, the connectivity of, of tragedy here goes beyond Kobe Bryant. But in in thinking about what Kobe's relationship was here and why you know, and, and the impact, Jerry West is not supposed to ever be in a position to give this speech to, to give this interview to, uh, to to a television station in Los Angeles Kobe Bryant was supposed to be somebody who shows up hopefully 10 years from now 15 years from now whenever this happens and helps eulogize the great Jerry West that was that was Kobe's job and to hear Jerry West do that drives home how the basketball was baked in like we have those things. We understand what Kobe's impact on the game was and his legacy in the game. But there was supposed to be another 40 years of Kobe in this other chapter of his life that was very you know just at the beginning and could have amounted to a lot of great things and another 40 years of being a parent and and all no one will ever see that and no one will have the opportunity for that he won't, his family won't, the city won't, the the people who cared about him won't, and that it, it, that's jarring. It's out of place. It's not supposed to be that way. And that among all these things that I heard, to hear Jerry West, you know, not a player, you know, of his contemporaries, but an older person, a father talking about a son and burying a child, was very disheartening um, and and. Jarry, I keep using that word. It is jarring. We're both we're I both mean, we're we're both parents, and you understand. No, I mean I I don't want to personalize this in a way that sounds like you're making it about yourself. But you know the news of Kobe's death broke first, 
And you and I were in Orange County at the time uh, visiting our parents. They, they come down here every couple months and do a timeshare. So we're driving back to the studios because we knew that there was going to be a lot that we needed to do. And as I'm driving back in my car with my eight-year-old daughter in the back seat, you start hearing reports that Gianna, Kobe's daughter, was on this helicopter mm-hmm. with him. And you can't help but think about your child in the back seat and just the finality of that and the you know tragic irony of this happening with Kobe being this hands-on father. I mean, his his last act on with earth. This, you know, with this this sort of the, in the helicopter thing that we always it was even he would make. Oh yeah, he made he called it the mama chopper. Right, like you know and. But you know what? I, like the, his his final act was being that really involved, proud father, who got this just outward joy and kick out of seeing Gianna develop this love of basketball. By all accounts, being extremely good at, good at it. it yeah. You know, just as curious to learn about the game and understand it at the level of her dad, and it's just it's. As a parent, it's a gut punch, and it's just it's awful to think about just what everybody, as you said, that's that's close to Kobe is going through now, and just the holes that can't be filled, and the the devastation that that people are going to be feeling for for the rest of their lives. So, I mean, there there will be a time at which you know people talk about the you know more tributes and more things about the we'll learn more information about the crash. We'll learn where. We'll get a better sense of how this impacts the Lakers. I mean, there has been, you know, the Lakers just flew back from Philly on Sunday. Ironically, um, Kobe's you know, hometown. And, you know, a lot of tears on that airplane. Yes. And, you know, there will be time to see what this means for this basketball season. All these, but that's not this very moment. The Lakers play Tuesday against the Clippers. Um, I, I don't, it would be at, all at once, uh, I think, an amazing and horrible moment uh to be to be present for uh but this is a a story that is is certainly not going to to go away anytime soon something that people will be and in terms of los angeles again it's it's difficult to overstate the loss in in a in, in a city. city that is known for stars and you know is filled with celebrities Kobe was as big of a star as any you're going to encounter and, and was mm-hmm. he had an ability to turn heads in a way that was equal to and you even you, greater you, you, you basketball fans Laker fans not Laker fans everybody knows Kobe yeah. like you know Kobe Absolutely. You, know, you know that I is mean, and so he's a he's um, a first name man and not just because yes. he had an unusual name so our our obviously our our sympathies and condolences are not not only to the to the Bryant family and to the Laker organization and Laker family, but um, the families of you know, the families the other of, of as well, all their passengers, and and really to the to the city, um, to the city to the fans at large. Um, all right, so a lot of coverage of this, uh, obviously at the Athletic, uh, around the sports world, and more certainly to come uh, over time. Uh, but you know, these are sort of our our initial. Thoughts and reactions, and some of at least of the reactions around the the, the world of basketball. Um, so appreciate you listening. Um, 
and uh, when there is more to talk about, and there will be, uh, we will be back to do it.